It is time for another journey deep into the lining of the magical talking hat. Hat wranglers Tony and William reach into the yawning chasm that is the hat and pull forth the questions you have posed. Will they tire of your question quickly? Is your name Azure Talon? Then perhaps they will. But then perhaps not. But that will remain a mystery until we venture into the magical talking hat. Alright, so I'm I I I am very insecure about getting older and my look, so I've decided to smear a little Vaseline on the camera uh to give me that softening effect. Uh I've also decided to lower the frames per second, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um the zoom was being a dickhead again, and I tried some things. And they didn't work, and we were just about to give up. And then uh, I saw a thing that said, try changing your inputs and outputs. And so I unplugged that cheap-ass HD camera that I got a couple years ago. And now it's working. Uh, don't know why sometimes that's not the case. I've also <laughs> learned that apparently Zoom is a major resource hog. So my computer mm. might just be struggling with that level of things. But Oh, for now, y'all just got a deal. At least you can see me, and I am so pretty if blurrier. Uh, also, the watch words for today are cold and tired. I'm so cold all the time, and I'm really tired for no reason. So when you but, hear those words, scream real loud. Yeah! <laughs> um. So I want to talk about my new favorite story. Okay. Uh, I love the story. I intend to dine out on this story for many years, and in fact, already have at least once. Um, I don't know if it's true. I hope it's true, but it's great even if it's not true. Yep, I know what that's like. Uh, this is a story about Reddit. Mm. You're familiar with Reddit? The quote-unquote front page of the internet? Uh, yes, I've heard of it it's but they're yes. they're trying to do an ipo i think right now that's so sure they're in the news yeah and uh, they've fucked over a lot of their their users that way but yes yeah. um it's a terrible hive of scum and villainy i think it's it's a, a great example of what is wrong with modern humanity um it is basically for people who have don't have the guts to go full 4chan troll um it's just it, it's like it's like Facebook, but with even less moderation. Like, it's a scary-ass place. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, which is unlikely, but just in case, like, it's basically just a place where people can... It's, it's like internet forums, but people can make a forum on pretty much fucking anything. It's like and a bulletin so, board. I mean... Yeah. Just a bulletin board, really. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of um, weird how people think it's like this oh kind of a new thing or a special social yeah, media yeah. thing bulletin board that's all it is yeah um and it's very broad and there's all sorts of people tell stories there people have debates there people share images and art and things like that yeah, i used yeah. to spend a fair time on it 
because uh, oh. there are sort of collections of stories of varying themes that are fun. And so, like, I used to read the stories about uh, people getting offers for for work, for creative work, but not for money, for exposure. And funny stories about that. And funny stories about, like, I there was one called uh, Beggars and Choosers, where people would, like, be desperately begging for assistance or something. But then they'd be like, no, I don't want that. I'd rather have this. <coughs> uh, what about weird pms people said there's ones on various images there was the great one that was just like cute images and gifts of animals and i used to do that but a lot of these i found were purely a dopamine reaction and i think were stressors and not good for me and i kind of it was weird combinations of cringe and schadenfreude that i'm i do not think are healthy for me so mm. i bailed my wife does not feel the same and one of my wife's favorite subreddits that she frequents and when she finds doozies she tells me about is am i the asshole i've heard of that one yeah in which people write on there and say here's the thing that happened am i an asshole for how i behaved in this well you I, am i the because usually if you're not the one if there's someone else i mean it's not yes well and there there are suggested responses you're the asshole they're the asshole. Every I believe nobody looks good here is a yeah, version. Right. Sure, and sure. no no asshole here is another version. <laughs> um, and Trish likes to tell them to me sometimes, and she only does it on special occasions now because I very strongly believe that, like a lot of these subreddits, most of these stories are bullshit. Mm. Um, there there's actually been some deep dives into the reasons why people would make up stories and what kind of stories they make up sometimes it's to validate the story is built as a hypothetical to validate some point of view they have sometimes the story is actually they are not the the person in the story they are the other person and they are purposely setting it up so that it makes them look bad and you know there's all sorts of reasons and most of them don't make sense enough to be real and so frequently i'm like mm, doesn't sound real whatever like as i said this one don't care don't care if it's not real because it's amazing <laughs> so uh for the purposes of simplicity here and because i believe this is what the the poster meant for it to believe the 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 original poster is uh female and i believe the significant other in question is male okay doesn't really matter but i i'm that those are the pronouns i'm going to be using so i just wanted to put that out there i have no confirmation but i believe that's how it is so anyway this woman has been dating this guy i believe they're both in like their 20s or whatever so that increases the odds that it's real because 20 somethings are stupid um but anyway they've been dating for i think about four months and one day he comes to her and says is there anything you need to tell me? And she's like, I don't think so. And he's like, yeah, I think you do. Because I know. And she's like, not sure what you know. Uh, don't think I have anything. And so after a while, he's finally like, okay, I know you're cheating on me. And she's like, do you? Because I didn't know I was cheating on you. I'm, I'm cheating on you. I didn't know this. It's like, yep. And I have proof. She's like, ooh, okay. What proof is this? And he shows her. And it's on his phone. 
and it is a photo he took of her phone because it's it was locked or whatever but he could see enough and what it was was a text she had received from a contact listed as dungeon master asking when she would next be available to play <laughs> best thing ever i mean and just 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 for, for closure's sake the mi the asshole is because she immediately laughed at him and they cleared it up and he understands now but he is still hurt and uh, and mad at her for having laughed at him and the internet as a whole obviously was like you're not the asshole also break up with him which i agree but also cherish this relationship because without this relationship, you would not have had this story. That's a great story. And I'm like, well, apparently, according to it, he knows she plays Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so because originally I'm like the Venn diagram of somebody who knows enough about BDSM to know what that means, but doesn't know enough about Dungeons and Dragons to know what that means is real like one person and it's this guy but even beyond that i'm just like like this is this is incredible i mean obviously the guy's like the worst way to like forget you know people it's not people's fault if they're very very stupid but how he handled it is awful like definitely dump his ass but this is amazing also <laughs> just I guess this is more information for him, which I know. But as I said to somebody just the other day when I was telling this story and they were buying me lunch uh, in a very literal sense, I've literally dined out on this story. Uh, I am going to go on record here. And some people will say, how could you know this? I just do in my heart. No one in the history of humanity and no one for all time that humanity considers to exist has ever or will ever call their BDSM dom dungeon master unironically. <laughs> Never have. Do it as a joke. Do it just teasing around. And I say this to my wife after she tells the story. She says, well, maybe some, I mean, you if, if that's what your dom wants to be called, then yes. And I said, very true. However, no one ever has or ever will been somebody that unironically wants to be called Dungeon Master as their dominant name and has successfully gotten a submissive. <laughs> so not an issue. Like, that's insane. <laughs> but I love it. I love the story so much. Good it story. is the best story. Don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to tell it for the rest of my life. I love that story. I, I mean, if it wasn't true, it makes a good joke. It just makes a good. Right, right. Yeah. yeah well, kind good... of. It seems a little hacky. That's like how dumb it is. If well, you I just suppose. tell that joke, I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but I love it. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. She said, yeah from dungeon master inquiring when she wants next when she's next available to play like oh and you took that and put it in just your empty empty head and rattled it around and then ran with it that's amazing that's am <laughs> and you knew she played D, D. even better even better <laughs>
hello everyone welcome to magic throwing hat podcast the only <laughs> podcast in the world that has danced with the devil but only in mid-afternoon not by the pale moonlight because the devil prefers daytime dancing i mean nobody ever asks so there you are um i'm tony and i'm william and this is episode 671 Man, this camera is bad. You can barely see, like, the, the fan's just a blur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, you sound weird, and I don't know if that's your fault or my fault, but the volume is very low, and you are still very loud to me. I don't know why. But okay. it's fine. All right. Um, so this is the day after we posted the last episode. This is a Friday. So, and two days after we recorded the last episode. <clears throat> yeah. So not a, lot, not a lot's happened. There is not. There is not. I do have a couple of things. Do you have anything? We need something because we got no emails. Well, I mean, we finished uh, for all man, the latest season for all mankind, I think. Okay. Okay. I, I do recommend that show. I think it's really good. Um, It's probably, <clears throat> there may be more accurate or more um, well done science fiction in terms of like, showing how things would actually work there. If there's something better out there, I don't know it. This is about the most accurate I've ever seen. There are a few inaccuracies in it that I, I are not. Um, I, I'm sure they were, they, those inaccuracies were allowed for production reasons and also mm. for some aesthetic reasons. For example, <clears throat> people move around on Mars like they even showed a guy like dumping sugar on Mars and stuff and gravity acts pretty much exactly the way it does on earth, which wouldn't happen, but it would be probably expensive to make it more accurate, but also it would probably mostly look silly. So. And not necessarily add anything. Right. Exactly. Not necessarily add anything. Like there's no, of course you can tell by the other things they pay attention to that they know that this isn't strictly accurate, but as you just pointed out, it wouldn't add anything and it would probably detract actually, because it would look weird. And, um, and it would probably just, you'd be spending that money to make this effect for no reason. So only all, all of the, uh, the inaccuracies I've seen so-called are that kind. It's like, yeah, that makes sense that they couldn't or didn't do that. Everything else. They're very, I just can't believe how hard they work to make everything look like and function like the way that it probably actually would. And the alternate history they build is very plausible. I mean, occasionally <clears throat> you'll see a nod to what I I suspect are the political views of, of the showrunners, but it's not, but this isn't a like, you know, progressive version of the future of this timeline or a, a democratic or Republican or whatever, I don't I don't think anyone could could say that they're letting a lot of political bias decide what they make that alternate history uh, future or whatever. Well, history, it's mostly so far what they make that alternate history look like, um, which I appreciate. I mean, I like that they are really sort of pushing aside, you know, maybe whatever their preferences are, or beliefs are and saying, well, what just, you know, just based on what did happen, other historical precedents, you know, what could we imagine might happen? I think it's pretty good. I mean, I'm, I think uh, it's pretty persuasive, uh, the ideas they have for where it would go. And it's also interesting. And the acting is very good and the writing is very good. 
So I, I really do recommend it. Very well critiqued. I, I recommend it to 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 everybody. Really. Um, um, I haven't seen you move in like two minutes. I can hear you fine, but oh. you're just like. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. But well. I know from the past that on the recording you may look fine, so everybody may see you fine. But uh, to me, you look like a really weird like remote correspondent thing where we couldn't get a video feed <laughs> so it's just a picture and we came up with a really bad one uh, okay uh, it seems like there was another show we were watching that we got to the end of that was also really good but now i'm not remembering what it was but yeah that that's about all i i had what about you well follow up how will next week be <laughs> um <clears throat> you know i wish i could say more specifically because the the whole internship thing is you know it's it's going well enough but there's there are there are certain requirements i have to meet over time and and some of them are are feeling like they're um they're not getting met at in a in a timely fashion uh, right like when you think of well these are all the things i have to do i have 23 weeks this you know that divided by 23 means i need this many hours of this and this many clients and so on and so forth and then when you don't hit that weekly quota it's not really a big deal 23 weeks you can make it up a little here and there um <clears throat> but here with the uh, third week starting um and and some things already lagging a little bit behind again not a disaster not a big deal but i'm a very cautious and and uh, uh, I, you know, I try to plan things out, you know, fairly well. <clears throat> and, um, so it, it starts to make me concerned when this early in the whole thing, there's, there's issues, although I'd rather have issues early, obviously than late. Right. So, yeah. um, I can, I can head those things off the pass and whatever, but, but the, so, <clears throat> so what all that means is that when I'm thinking about next week, you asked me today, how, what I think about next week, I've got a lot of concerns, uh, not, not worries, but but concerns about how certain things are, are going to happen and what I'll do if they don't. Um, it's, it's not a disaster, but I'm kind of in a, you, you've asked me this question about next week in a moment where right before we started, I'm kind of, that's that was exactly what I was thinking about. All the stuff that I'd like to happen that I don't know <laughs> if it'll back. happen. <laughs> okay, good. Things I'd like to happen that I don't know if they'll happen and trying to put a plan together for what I'll do if they don't. And that takes a lot of mental. I prefer, but uh, this is the kind of thing I prefer thinking about more than school. <laughs> I don't, I wish the school stuff would just go away and I can just think about this kind of stuff because, oh. you know, it's not fun, but it's, I would yes. rather, this is, this is the kind of stuff I'd rather be doing with my time and energy and mental uh, capacity and not writing papers or reading textbooks anymore. Now, this is very interesting because I am very strongly of two minds about what you just said. On the one hand, you and I approach this kind of stuff very similarly, and I would feel exactly the same as you do in this situation. This is exactly the kind of thing that, like, stresses me out and makes me uncomfortable, even if I know, like, the odds are it's going to be fine. Um, and it's something I've always, you and I have always related very well to that kind of vibe. On the other hand, I know from experience you are you you were like this in multiple classes that you had 
early on where you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this could be bad. I don't know. And you got a fucking A in every single damn one. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I said, I worry about the same thing, but I have never known you to actually worry about this kind of stuff and it for ac- ever to have the bad result. <laughs> <laughs> well, see But I also know that like you it's the uncertainty that's bad. I almost feel like you'd be better off if your boss like tomorrow was like, you're not going to pass, you're going to fail. It's a done deal. You'd be like, that sucks, but okay. I know it. <laughs> sure. But I, for me, it's not, I, I don't know if it's so much the not knowing as it is the who gets to say, right? So with school, it's, it's not all up to me. <laughs> I can do yeah, whatever yeah. I want. I can do, I can check all the boxes, whatever, but this person ultimately decides most of the stuff that I'm, talking about now um some of it i i don't get to decide or i don't have any influence on but most of it i do and that's why i prefer it because i just uh and it's not because i'm a control freak or something it's because these days uh i don't trust people (laughs) as much as i maybe used to uh and so i just don't feel confident like I don't feel like I can I can assume that people are going to do what what in my mind is even what's in their best interest, uh, what seems to make the best most sense, um, you know. So welcome to the dark side. <laughs> but but the, most of these things are, you know, like I said, some other people have something to say about it. But another aspect of that is those people. I do trust those people. I know those people. Um, and not that I think they're always going to do the absolute perfect thing or whatever, but, but that if whatever happens, we can talk about it, we can deal with it. You know, I'll have a, I'll have some kind of recourse in discussing it or dealing with it. <clears throat> That's another problem with the school thing is not just that I, I don't know or trust a lot of these people, but I don't think I would have any recourse. Like I wouldn't be able to do anything about it. And you, um, you, and actually, you famously went to a really shitty school that barely counts as being accredited. So, you know, oh, come on. Well, and the thing is, I, I do have horror stories from my fellow classmates who have experienced this very thing where a person did make what I would regard as, a, you know, some higher up or teacher, whoever was, did make what I would regard as a bad decision. And there wasn't anything they could do about it because everything they tried to do about it just was taken as evidence that they were wrong or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I, never, I've never personally been abused by the police, but I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. And I cannot <laughs> throw police very far. Although fun fact, as a child, I was abused by a teacher who later quit teaching and became a police officer. So. Well, that sounds terrible. I'm not physically abused, but yeah, he was, he was, he was a sixth grade teacher with the, maturity level of a sixth grade okay and i remember yeah. in sixth grade identifying that and so he did some things to humiliate me in front of people and also once lied on a form that got me in trouble so oh my gosh i mean to be fair i did something that was warranted of getting in trouble but he detailed what he witnessed and he was not present when any of it happened <laughs> He was a terrible man. He later had to quit the force because I believe he made it to sheriff and then he got caught having an affair with one of his people. And so things wouldn't get bad. He resigned. I don't know. He was a shitty guy. I'm glad he's out of my life. 
but it just reminded me when you talk about uh uh not trusting people because not trusting people makes me think about not trusting police and <laughs> not and being fucked over by the police makes me think of the only person I know who fucked me over and was a police officer, even if it wasn't at the same time. <laughs> <sighs> well, so yeah, mo- <clears throat> life is better for me now, even though there's there's more things for me to worry about in some ways. And also I'm more responsible for those things. But I like <laughs> I like that. I, I want to be responsible for it. I don't want to re- depend on someone else who I don't trust to be responsible for it I, because you're crazy control <laughs> no i i think i think most adult human beings don't want to have someone controlling them that's the problem i mean no i don't think any of us want people controlling us i don't i don't think I well want my dun- i want my dungeon master controlling I was, me i was just gonna say i was gonna circle around to that too <laughs> Oh man. We were I really I I will not and do not want to get into uh uh details about this, but you and I had a conversation not long ago that broached some topics involving kinks. Hmm. Sure. And I remember you and some of it involved personal information about me and I remember the first thing you say is assuring me that the kink in question was not that unusual and you'd known a lot of people who had that and i just smiled and nodded with my head i was like bitch i taught you most about what you know about kinks how do you think i don't know that's <laughs> no i well most of the people i had was thinking of when i said that are people i i knew before i even met you so i know but just <laughs> the sheer audacity that you'd think i thought this was a weird and unusual no, no i didn't think you thought that I wanted okay. you I wanted you to know that I understood that. Right? Uh, okay. I wasn't going to okay. be shocked or put off by it because I already knew that that was a thing. Okay. Okay. I knew I you thought that it. was you. I thought that was it sounded like you assuring me. You were like, "Actually, that's very that's fairly common and all that." So I thought that oh. was you assuring me. Oh, that I understand. Wasn't I... weird and I'm just like Duh. No, 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 no. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean also, it that way. If I had a kink that was super unusual and weird, which maybe I do have some, I'm not sure. Um, like I would be really proud of that. <laughs> I, I I see why you thought that. You're right. I did make it sound like no, but no, no, no. It, I was just it was, I was hilarious. Trying, I wasn't bothered at all, but I found it really funny. <laughs> no, I was just trying to assure you that I wasn't shocked or surprised yeah, or yeah. like, oh my gosh, do people really do that? I mean, that's all I meant. <laughs> that's all I meant. I'm sorry. I, like, like you're right. I did that wrong. I did that. No, wrong. it was. It was. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, well, my my week is yeah, going to be awesome. It. Yeah, tell me all about it. Um, there's going to be two different cakes involved. One of which is going to be an ice cream cake, because what? that was literally like the only demand I had for my birthday. Is I'm like, I want ice cream. Oh. I was about to say, is it Jesus's birthday again? But it's your birthday. But my birthday and my sister-in-law's birthday. That is the entire reason for this trip. And specifically my sister-in-law's 40th. So she wanted to do a big thing. And so the Mm. three of us are going and staying Mm. in a cabin Mm -hmm. up in Minnesota. I can say that because by the time this airs, we'll be back almost immediately. So the two people who listen uh, won't have a chance to come and burgle my house. (laughs) Um. I, I don't know. I feel like that's a real thing. Like 
don't say on the internet that you're going to be away from home for an extended period because uh, somebody probably. be like, all right, I'll bring in your house. Yeah. But so few people listen to this. We know all of them. And also, I'll be back. Basically. I think your neighbors would notice, though, if someone did that. Hopefully. I mean, one of them is going to be feeding the cats. So hopefully sure. she'll notice. Um, yeah. I mean, your house yeah. is being watched, really. So that would be dumb for someone to do. Yeah. That. Um, But yeah, there's going to be two cakes involved, one of which is going to be ice cream cake. Uh, I am going to, for the first time in my life, a Brazilian steakhouse, which, as Ooh. you may know, is on my culinary bucket list. Wow. Um, I have a, I, I don't have a lot left on my culinary bucket list. Um, there's that. There's the a sushi place that has the conveyor belt. <laughs> um, and there is uh, eating at uh, uh, White Castle. Oh, oh. And, and Korean corn dogs. Because I haven't been that yet. And uh, Korean fried chicken is only recently on my bucket list, which works because I'm also going to have Korean fried chicken while we're there. Nice. Now, so will the will the steakhouse have beef that's from Brazil? No, I don't believe so. Are you not familiar with the Brazilian steakhouse? No, but also I've heard people say that that uh, who who travel extensively that when they have steaks in Brazil, they're the best they've ever had. All right. I, I mean, it's possible. But a Brazilian steakhouse is a style of restaurant based on culinary cultural tradition in Brazil. Uh, which, I mean, maybe they'll get their steaks from Brazil. <laughs> it's possible, but I, I, I would think it would be above and beyond. I do not. I do not think the average place in the U.S. that calls itself a Brazilian steakhouse gets its meat from Brazil. Well, now, now the person who told me this. Uh, you know, maybe they just thought it mattered if the beef was sourced in Brazil and it's just how Brazilian people prepare it or marinate it or whatever else. Or or maybe it's really good. I mean, there are definitely places in the world where the beef is way better. Well, that's but, what this person thought. And this um, person would know. They were like an aficionado and they raised yes. cattle themselves and whatever. So yes. it's like, yeah, this person must know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's... Eating at a Brazilian steakhouse is not on my bucket list because I give a shit about what the beef is like from Brazil. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was curious. I a, a Brazilian steakhouse is a specific style of restaurant in which there are two components to it. One is a ton of side dishes that practically is its own sort of buffet thing. And there are lots of interesting oh, things there. And then cool. outside of that, what happens is there are just people walking around with skewers or sometimes swords that just have meats on them and they come to your table and they're like this one is such and such pork shoulder or this one is a uh, tenderloin or whatever and then they will cut you off some and then more will come by and you just get as much as you want and in most of them you have a little thing on the table that's red on one side and green on the other and if the red one's up you're good they can stay away and if it's green you want them to come over and give you more and it's just okay. all grilled meats of different type, and apparently it's just baits. But it's also the the menu and the way things are prepared are culturally Brazilian too. I I think so in most cases. Oh, okay. Um, but in the same way that 
you could go to what we would call a steakhouse and they have lots of things on the menu that aren't steak. This mm. is, this is, there's lots of different meats and so forth mm. going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, the big thing is they just have big skewers of it and they'll come and they'll cut you off some and it'll just keep showing up as long as you want to show up. And right. I like that. So I'm very right. excited. And also well, I've I never spoken to a single person who's gone to a Brazilian steakhouse and not lost their goddamn mind over it. So I'm very excited. Hmm. People say it's fair. I've seen some videos too, but also I know people who have gone. Um, no, I'm sure it's really good. I mean, I've we've had uh I think it was Wagyu. The prop the problem being some of these distinctions of specific types of beef, there is no law restricting saying. <laughs> right. Which is <laughs> why true. there are so many Kobe <laughs> beef true. things. And that yeah, may yeah. mean it is the breed of cow from which Kobe beef comes, but it in no way was dealt with or treated the way Kobe beef is treated. Mm. It may mean it is done in a style similar, I guess, or it may mean they just fucking lie. Yeah. Um, but like I have had something that was called Wagyu or Kobe beef, and it cost an insane amount of money for a piece about this this big and like that thick. Um, it was like four bites between Trish and I, and it was real expensive, but it did absolutely just melt in your mouth. So I can appreciate that different steaks are different. And um, I do like that. Just so I, the, the show I couldn't remember was Monarch we watched. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have to talk a lot about that, but I just am mentioning it because I forgot. Let me guess. You watch the whole thing and you'll watch more, but it's not really that good. Uh, watch the whole thing. We'll watch more. And we really liked it. Oh, all right. Good. Yeah, we thought it was. I think we both thought it was, you know, kind of a step above the quality of, of the films. I mean, not in all production. Right. Not no, in no, production. No, but it's a TV production, yeah. but but like the writing and the acting and the story and and the character development and all that, it's quite good. I thought really good. Yeah, but anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, but you were I believe it is the number two most popular thing on Apple TV currently. Uh, Trish had to go to the bathroom in between episodes we were watching on Apple TV, so I was just scrolling through the top list. Yeah, we liked. And it. I think it was number two. Um, I liked it a lot. All right. And I think there's other things happening next week, but none of it really matters to me. The only activities I really cared about were the food-based ones. So, But I'm actually excited about the Korean fried chicken because it came up because we recently watched a Try Guys video in which they, they did, among other things, Korean fried chicken. And they went to a place that looked really good. And it's a chain. And there's one in Minneapolis that we're going to. So like the, the exact same company as the one I saw in the Try Guys video. So I'm very excited about that. So uh, <clears throat> I think I've said that um, Abby kind of likes Korean movies and TV and stuff. And sometimes she uh, ends up watching videos about Korean culture generally, and um, especially Westerners visiting Korean culture. And the Korean fried chicken is is mentioned and talked about over and over and over again. Like, it's just the best. Like, it's a, it's a different creature. And yeah, uh, in particular, I think the use of, cornmeal is done in such a way that it just stays crispy like for like if you have fried chicken like we think of after a while it's not crispy mm, yeah but apparently it really stays that way nice yeah so i'm very excited about that um all right uh 
things we've been watching. As I mentioned, we were going to watch Big Trouble in Little China, and we did watch Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, how'd that go? Uh, it was interesting. There were bits I had forgotten because I have not seen it in a very long time. It starts out with a framing story that never goes. It never goes back, to, <laughs> which oh. is very weird. Does, then is is it a framing story then? If it doesn't, well, I mean, it, it's half a frame. <laughs> it starts <laughs> off after it starts off after all the events of the movie are done, and yeah. someone is interviewing a character from the movie and is like, "You're gonna have to tell me what happened." And then we cut to the start of the movie, and yeah. we just never go back to that. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> That's really interesting. It happens way more often than I would think it should. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. it happen before, and I'm always just like, before you were done, at some point you watched the movie all the way through, right? Like, somebody should have noticed. It's, it's almost or, a violation. Or... From a filmmaking perspective, wouldn't you have shot the ending and the beginning, the framing parts at the same time? It's almost a violation of that. What is it called? Chekhov's gun, where if yes. you have a gun over <laughs> Chekhov's, the Chekhov's introduction. <laughs> it's like if, if you're you going to do that story outside of the story in act one, you really need to end to the go story back. outside of the story yeah. in act three. It's like having a gun over the mantelpiece. Yeah. If, if, if it doesn't shoot, something's wrong. You didn't do it right. I, I hung. If you hang a narrator over the mantelpiece, that's another <laughs> one that I love. When a movie doesn't have an actual framing story, but it starts with narration, but then yeah. never comes back to narration. Yeah, yeah, and I don't mean yeah. sometimes it's clearly an introduction, but sometimes it's let me tell you a story about it, and then after a while, the narrator just is gone. Gone. But yeah. um. So watch this. And I, I want I want to juxtapose this slightly. So I want to say this. So recently I had Trish watch Beverly Hills Cop. And she was fine with it. She didn't hate. She's not sorry she saw it or anything. But she wasn't that into it. And she didn't feel like watching any sequels. Um, Say something so I know you're still there because you stopped moving. No, wait. You blinked. I'm, All right. No, you here. blinked. It's fine. You hold way too still for our technical difficulties. You got to oh. be right. I'm just a low energy stuff. guy. Just low energy Feel the guy. rhythm. Feel feel the rhythm. Um, but and and watching Beverly Hills Cop, I still loved it. Mm. But I am very much in a place that I know it is nostalgic. Like I I I I cannot be objective at all about the quality of that film. Sure, sure. It might be terrible. And I don't <laughs> Um, general consensus doesn't seem to be that. And Trish didn't think it was terrible. She just wasn't that into it. No. Um, she felt similar about this one. But I just think she's wrong. <laughs> and not like because it means something to me. Because I've, I've probably only seen it two or three times maybe in my life. Like I saw Beverly Hills Cop dozens of times. Uh, I've only seen this a couple times. Uh, and I don't have it like memorized or anything. There are plenty of bits. I was like, oh, yeah, that bit. Or, oh, I didn't remember that. Things like that. And I'm not saying it is an award winning, you know, piece of film craft or anything. But it's awesome. And it's a real good time. And it does some things that similar 80s action movies did terribly. And I think does it really well. That it is it is more dialogue heavy than it needs to be, but I find the dialogue quite entertaining. It's it's a surprisingly funny movie. 
Um, and I also feel like they really nailed Kurt Russell's the the protagonist. And he's very much one of those wrong place, wrong time, reluctant heroes who's actually not actually good at heroing. And so like lots of accidents and dumb luck and shit like that. And they do it like believably. Hmm. Like they do, they they've re- they really walk that line of like he's saving the day, just fucking barely with a lot of luck involved. Hmm. Um, and he's also a, a nice anti-hero blend. It, it's definitely got some dated uh, heteronormative misogynist views, but it's it's by no means one of the worst defenders you'd see from an eighties action movie. Hmm. Um, and of the three female leads, only one of them is a sexy lamp. <laughs> sexy lamp. Do you know this thing? This is what somebody has pointed out. This is this is the new, this is the advanced Bechtel test. Mm. Because the Bechtel test is very useful, but it is a low bar. It's there are a bar. lot of films that treat women very poorly and are really sexist and misogynist that technically pass that test. And movies that do pretty well that still don't pass that test but the sexy lamp test is a good one and it comes from christmas story and that weird ass lamp he had basically if you could could you replace the any of the female leads with a sexy lamp and have the (laughs) same thing like are they just a prop that people need to get or save or whatever like that and they don't actually do anything and one of the characters in this is that one um, but there's a couple others that aren't. I mean, they still got to get rescued and shit because, again, it's an 80s action movie. But like, they also do their own shit and are, have agency at times. And that's that's cool. good. But it's a fun. It's as as usual. I, I I am really learning how mixed bag John Carpenter films are. Uh, some of them are really good. Some of them are really not. But running through consistently again, uh, pretty solid music that he did. Because that's like his thing. Yeah, he does that. Yeah. Um, although he did write an original song called "Big Trouble in Little China." This is kind of silly, uh, but also really good effects, and not just physical. I mean, it's 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 nineteen eighty six. It can't be CG per se, but post production effects also. Huh. Um, and people are really acting their heart out, and it's and it's. A lot of good actors, Kurt Russell, Kim Cattrall, uh, James Hong, Dennis Dunn, uh, some others I can't remember. Oh, and Victor Wong. Oh, who I said was named Egg Fu. I want to take that back. His name is Egg Shen, and I got it confused. One, there's a DC villain called Egg Fu, who's one of the most racist things ever. And two, Egg Shen runs a tour company through Chinatown called Egg Fu Young Tours. So that's probably where I got. But his character is actually named Egg Shen. Anyway, um, it kicks ass. I, it's a fun time. I recommend it. It's also not that long. It's 98 minutes. Uh, so it's a good time. Kurt Russell's in Monarch, as you might know. I didn't. Did they de-age him? Most of the time nowadays, they de-age him. No. Just everything. Kurt Russell is in Monarch. as Just the way is he, he Godzilla? is. Is he Godzilla? Oh, my God. But is there Kurt are Russell Godzilla. That would be awesome. There are flashbacks of his character. I could see him doing it. Like, like that would be so cool. There are flashbacks of his character. Now, there are flashbacks of a number of characters, and they do de-age those characters, but they do not de-age 
Kurt Russell, they cast his son Wyatt to play him, uh, young Kurt Russell. And that is that is surprising because was, I am not kidding. They have de-aged Kurt Russell in a lot of shit. And they de-aged other actors, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, but that's nope. great. They, they cast his son. Like, I'm not a fan of nepotism, but I do really love that shit. Like, uh, in the Willow TV series, which got canceled and I think actually got taken off Disney Plus, so I'm not sure anybody can even see it now because um, they did that with some things. Uh, Val Kilmer's character's voice is in the movie. Oh. And it sounds exactly like him, even though he can't talk in real life anymore because of throat mm. cancer or whatever mm. it is. Turns out it's his son. Oh wow! But he sounds exactly like him. It's so interesting. Cool. Interesting. Um, so I do enjoy when that happens, but in general, close to this. But I I like it better if he was he was uh, Godzilla though. Also, no. maybe the title of the episode: Kurt Russell is Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like the the freaking Fast and Furious movies, they de-aged him. The first time I saw it, uh, they de-aged. Oh no! Wait. Jeff Bridges. I mean, the Fast and Furious movies, it was Kurt Russell. But the one I, the other one I was thinking of is Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy, an underrated film, in my opinion. Uh, and it did not. The de-aging did not look good. <laughs> we, we saw that one. We saw that one recently. Yeah, it was not too bad. I enjoyed it. There's actually. Tron's Tron's fandom is broader than people realize. And some of it's really good. Um, they did a, a Disney XD did a spinoff animated series called Tron Resistance or something, and it was sort of a sequel to Tron Legacy, um, in which we had another a new young person who was going to save everybody and was mentored by Tron, voiced by uh, oh, how did I lose his name? Scarecrow, you know, oh, uh... Commander Sheridan. Bruce Boxleiter. Yeah. Oh, right. That was gonna that was gonna hurt my stomach all day. If I <laughs> Is voiced by him. Uh, and there's a video game I haven't played yet that's like a detective, like visual novel style thing, uh, called Tron Identity that I've also heard is really good. It was on my list to get. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting shit out there. It it's always been tricky because. Tron didn't get computers well because they weren't they didn't have hardly no computers back then but they found sort of ways to deal with that in ways that I think are interesting um so yeah we watched that we just last night finished season two of the after party um I recommend the after party did you ever watch it Mm -mm. All right. I recommend both seasons. I'm okay that it's canceled. Oh. It's it's got a formula to a degree. Mm. And so the first and also it it's it sort of at least both of them for me was very chaotic in the beginning of each season and I was like I'm not sure I like this but then I really did like it. Um but in this one I could see the formula a little bit and by a third one it would just be like i've seen this before yeah yeah and it's fun because they get a whole new cast of really fun actors and comedians uh this one had uh zach woods uh 
John Cho, uh, Ken Jeong. Um, oh, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays the the creepy dude in Blackbird that I just saw where he's like the scariest, nastiest rapist serial killer ever. And in this, he's just like a goofy dude and he does such a good job. Yeah, oh. no, Trish watched it. It's on Apple. It's, it's Blackbird. I think I talked about this. It's a, it's a think really did, yeah. dark, nasty based on a true story thing. And oh. this guy plays the bad guy and he's just awful. Oh. Um, and I didn't spot him in this until Trish mentioned it. And then I saw it and it's, it's night and day and he does a great job. It's a real fun time. But uh, a Jack Whitehall, who is a British comedian that I really like, who is sort of breaking into, to broader films now and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it a good time, but yeah, um, I, I, that two's enough. Oh, and, and Tiffany Haddish, I forget. Tiffany Haddish is in both seasons because she's the, the cop involved. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's very good. It's quite funny. It's quite quite clever. Um, but two's enough, so we're done with that. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention, I didn't mention to you before. I meant to. Uh, I stopped Fargo. No, you stopped. Trish is watching. Um, yeah, I watched the episode with the puppets. Uh, I'm, I don't the puppets. I don't I remember. Mean, th- there was a lot of puppetry, and making puppets was a major plot point. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, I was well, like, there was a whole episode. The episode wasn't called Puppets, but if it had been, it would have been a perfectly good title for that episode. There, there's actually a good reason for me to have forgotten that, but um, yeah, it. Um, I don't blame you. It's not. And that episode happened, and then I saw how that one ended and where it was going, and I said, I'm done, because this yeah. show sucks. Yeah. It's and Trish not. is finishing it up. She's fine with it. She's like, I definitely don't see anything that you'd want to come back for. No. But it sounds like it, it's not getting worse, at least, so I guess that's something. But I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Well, it's it, it just, it wasn't, I mean, for me, this often happens, it's the whole, it's the whole expectations thing. It's like, if I'd seen this just as an independent thing all by itself, not associated with Fargo, I'm not, I don't even know what I think of it. I, I doubt I'd like it. But if you tell me this is a Fargo, this is like the other Fargo shows. And it's like, I don't think it is. Even if it was really good, it would, there would be a cognitive dissonance there that makes me go, nah, this isn't very good. Which is interesting because it's not like the previous four seasons have been the same. They've been very different in their way. That's true. But there's a vibe there. There's an overarching philosophy and theme. Yeah. And the way the story is told. And this one just feels very much a, a facsimile and, and not a particularly good one. Exactly. And again, That's exactly right. No fault to any performers. They are. No, they're if, all good. If you did. If you broke it up into clips, I couldn't tell you like which one is the not as Coen Brothers E1. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely are doing their performances. It's just it's dealing with the themes and the 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 kinds of things. It's dealing with subject matter that is very Coen Brothers, but it has nothing in my opinion interesting to say about it. And that's the only reason for Coen Brothers. Like without the humor and the skewed perspective, Coen Brothers movies 
would be the bleakest, most depressing things in the world, and no one should watch them. Well, and also, there's doesn't have that, and it's really bleak and depressing. <laughs> but also, that there's a there's a certain tension that's established with that's hard, you know, like any good tension, it's hard to uh, establish and maintain. But usually, Fargo and Coen Brothers in general do it of ordinary people in surreal extraordinary circumstances and one of the problems is these characters aren't ordinary in any way like no. they're they're exaggerated or they're like really capable you know, more capable or knowledgeable than ordinary people would be and so you don't that tension you establish between those two things it's just not even there it's this uh, it just doesn't feel like a, a court coen brothers or fargo story to me also, we split our devil, I'm now realizing. Mm. Every season has a devil. Uh, somebody who is unassailable and who is absolutely awful. And this time it's sort of split between John Hamm and the Swede mm. in a way mm. that doesn't work because the Swede is arguably more nasty, but I so like him. So, like, I would much rather hang out with him <laughs> and, like, live with him and John Hamm's character, he is he is performing it to all hell, but I'm like, he could die in a fire and that'd be fine. <laughs> and that's it. Coen Brothers stuff and, and the Fargo TV series, which the Coen Brothers have technically not been heavily involved in. It's Noah Hawley, and Noah Hawley's yeah. still doing this, so I don't know. But yeah, right. Coen Brothers stuff also, you have a hard time knowing what's gonna how it's gonna end, and also a hard time knowing how you want it to end that's right exactly right yeah. and this one and again i wasn't near the end but i don't know how it's gonna end i i'm i, I don't think i care mm, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm. i mean i guess there i want the bad people the, the like there's there's not a lot of moral ambiguity the bad people in this are pretty bad and the not mm. bad people are pretty not bad mm, so i'm like mm -hmm. i i mean i guess i would like them but like i don't care like the other ones has a lot of like I hate this guy, but I can see the point. And this one, oh, and I want, I like this person, but they're not like, and I, uh, I, I don't know how justice would get served if at all. In this one, I'm like, no, it's very clear what would be the good thing and the bad thing to happen. Pretty I don't much. know if that's what will happen. Yeah, pretty much. But it, it whatever. Um, and yeah, and also, I don't know. Maybe you hit a thing too. I. No, that's probably not fair. I don't know. Judo Temple and John Hamm and Dave Nelson are larger than life enough presences where I don't want to say that they don't disappear into their characters, but I have less tension because I know Juno Temple, John Hamm, and Dave Nelson definitely didn't die during the making of this show. So there's a little, there's some, and it sounds insane, but there's a part of me that's like, it's fine. Juno Temple's going to be in something else. Like it doesn't, she's not going to die in this show, even if she dies in this show. John Hamm, <laughs> if he dies, he'll still be John Hamm and he'll make other stuff. But I, I don't know what it is. I didn't have that problem so much when it was like Chris Rock. Like I, I was, I was in there with, and that season, I didn't even that season. There were large parts of it. I didn't really enjoy, but I was invested. Yeah, I thought overall, too, it was really good. I commend yeah. Chris Rock for his performance because it was quite extraordinary. 
especially because he's done a few other things that I'm, I'm uh, in general i'm becoming less and less of a chris rock fan over the years but hmm. when he gets just the right thing he's a remarkable actor yeah this is um, this doesn't this season doesn't even touch that seasons like that no, any of them no. really. i don't think any of the performances were that difficult for anybody involved in this except yeah, again the sweet the sweet is kind of a fascinating character but he's very much a side character and also dark and grim in a in an unpleasing way at times also so he's not worth watching the whole show mm. um anyway yeah so we stopped watching that and then most of this shit's on hold because we're about to go on vacation and we will take our roku device but we'll have my sister-in-law there so we don't know what we'll watch with her or whatever so that's about it um trying to think if there was something else What did to say? Well, let me kill a couple minutes here because we're almost done, but I want to throw this out here. Since nobody's emailing, I have to make up my own questions sometimes. Um, uh, this is a broader question, but I'm going to ask it in a very specific way to start. Is Donald Pleasance a good actor? You're, you're going to have to help me out with the role that I can remember. Uh, what I talked about before, he was Father Loomis in the Halloween movies. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. That's the thing. He is a he is a very I, I love his performances. Um, He is almost exclusively in B grade genre fodder. Mm -hmm. You could make a similar argument. Although it gets a little more dangerous here, but with Peter Cushing. Or um, most of the sort of classic monster actors. Um, if. If somebody is really good. At starring in B movies. Are they like this becomes the, like is is. uh Donald Pleasant's a compelling actor? Yes. Is he an entertaining actor? Yes. Is he a successful actor? I would say so. But is he like, like, could you throw him in into something that required a lot more effort? Uh, not to be overly trite, but you know, could he do Shakespeare? That kind of thing. Because there are a lot of actors that I really like, but they're in like movies that i'm like i really like this but i'm not gonna say like he's a good movie <laughs> yeah there's this whole sort of class of actor who will often show up in bad movies and and th whatever they're doing is pretty amazing <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you're like this is really good and sometimes they've actually even been in something am i so F. Marie Abraham, uh, maybe oh, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but also there's another guy who I sometimes get confused. The, I get these two actors confused all the time. I don't know if other people do. F. Marie Abraham and. Um, I don't know the other guy's name, but the, he's... I'm, he was in uh, he was in several things, but he was in um, sneakers and he was in. Uh... Oh. Or didn't he play Gandhi? Ben Kingsley. 
Ben Kingsley, right. Ben Kingsley yes. and F. Murray Abraham, sometimes I get their names mixed up, but both of them have been in, in project F. Murray Abraham more, but both of them have been in projects where it's like, wow, why did you do this? You know, oh, you've, yeah, 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 you're, yeah. you've been a celebrated actor in Amadeus and in Gandhi and all this stuff. And you're in this, but whatever they're in, they're great. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But that's, a, that's a different category. Those are definitely good actors who have just made potentially confusing choices <laughs> in their career. All right, but then but I there's just... lots of reasons for that. But then there's actors who I'm like, no, they've never done a performance that is like, oh, they they can do like because like I mentioned Peter Cushing, I didn't mention Christopher Lee because Christopher Lee has had one or two things that it's like that dude is an actor. Mac, Max von um, Sydow? Maybe. I've, I I want to say he's done some really crazy awesome thing, but yeah, he might be a good he might be a good example. Um to me, to me all of those guys are kind of in well, this is what I'm getting at. Maybe the actor you're talking about is really like them. He just hasn't had a project like that to show Well, that and that's is. what I wonder, but that's yeah. but that Donald Pleasance again was just a, an example there. I, mm. What I'm saying is if you have one of those actors and let's say that's all they ever do, if yeah. we set aside the idea that like they weren't given the chance or whatever, because I mean, <laughs> that could be anybody. There yeah, are some right. really shitty actors that if you gave them the right, and that, in fact, there are some really, really shitty actors that eventually did do amazing mm. things. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But setting aside the what if, if all they ever do is play really memorable and compelling roles in really mediocre to crappy movies, does that make them a good actor? Who just never got a chance or an actor who just knew where their vibe was. And I mean, it, mm. it's not a real answerable question It's just yeah. an interesting one to yeah. think about. Cause yeah, yeah, like I have never not been enthralled when Peter Cushing is on a screen. Ever. I know. I know. But every movie I'm like, it was like hammer horror or it was, you know, it, they're not movies that I'm like, this is a well-crafted high quality movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I certainly would say he did a marvelous job in all. Of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sometimes you get Anthony Hopkins has put in many performances that are far worse than the worst thing Peter Cushing's ever done. Yeah. But, He's also had some performances that were absolutely amazing and Academy Award worthy, some of which he got Academy Awards for. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know. And so I always find, okay. and does it matter? This also gets into what is a good movie. Because there are lots, uh, there are lots of movies oh. that I'm like, this is high quality from the film craft to the acting, to the editing, to the, the direction. Wonderful. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> and other movies that I'm like this was terrible and I had a great time and not because it was terrible I had a great time despite it being terrible or uh, tangentially to it being terrible sometimes I enjoy it because it is terrible but um, and so like which is the good movie you know yeah I mean I think so something that maybe all these actors have in common is is they they, they they all have a kind of a presence, right? I don't know what what makes this happen, but when they're on the screen, you almost instantaneously care about what they're saying, what they're feeling, what they're doing, what's going to happen to them in the future. You're wondering what happened in the past. They just 
they just really fill the space, I guess. Um, and I don't know what, how a person does that. I don't, I don't know what a person does as an actor to turn that on. Have that presence. Yeah. And it, this may be a thing. I, I joke about this sometimes, but I love movies where people act really hot. <laughs> That's how I phrase it. And the one I always hold up for this is the movie Krull, a movie I love, a movie I highly recommend. It has some things that are just objectively good about it, including the soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, I don't. I, I don't want to say this is not me saying this, but it could be argued that no one gives a quality performance in it. Mm. But they all act so hard. They are try and it's so enjoyable because of that exact thing. Mm. And it's not and and that's they're all they all grab your attention. And a lot of it is very bombastic and things, but even when it's not, it's it's got an intensity that really grabs. But I'm like, I so I don't know that it's good in that it's not realistic, but it is good in that it was very entertaining and compelling. So what counts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some, and it's some... that same distinction that I talk about before about a movie might not be good, but it's awesome. Mm. Flash Gordon is an awesome movie. Uh -oh. I can express the <laughs> argument that it's not good, but that movie is awesome. Shit is happening. Everybody is involved. Everybody tried really hard. It is the it is the movies where I'm like, nobody gave a shit. Yeah, I that's know. what I hate. I will take anything over phoned in. Yeah, yeah. I mean that so there's yeah, there's two things that that an actor can achieve that will, will get you. One is that you can believe their character. I I love that. I love when I'm like, I totally believe this person is a astronaut or a, a, a nuclear physicist. I totally believe it. Or they, they make you want to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you or, don't believe it, but they make you want to, or they and, just want make you want to see more. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, that's pretty cool when they can do that. And like, like, there is an example like talk to me which i talked about last week has a very naturalistic thing these teenagers seem like teenagers yeah right and far too often in a movie with that similar sort of plot these teenagers seem like individual shitty character traits mm, to get mm -hmm. murdered these yeah. felt like real people and that's a thing and that's a good thing and i think that's the harder thing to do yeah. but here's the best example of all time it's also kind of sad because the young man in question had mental health issues and I believe either killed himself or died of a drug overdose years after this. But Manos Hands of Fate is a terrible movie by any imagination. It is a movie literally made by a fertilizer salesman on a bet. It is trash. It is frequently held as the worst movie of all time by many people i don't I, I it's definitely in the bottom five it is horrible there is an actor in it who plays the side the, the igor to our main villain and his name is torgo he looks like a hobo with giant knees for no reason 
like he's wearing pants and his knees are just they've padded them so they're like this big to his leg that's like this big for no reason and he just sort of he it is so compelling in the film nothing else about it you could literally drop off to sleep at any single moment except when he's on the screen he doesn't have a lot of lines he's not a good actor but he is there <laughs> he is in it and he is acting the shit out of it as best he can and it's incredibly compelling mm. and i think that says something in a movie where literally every other aspect can go do one like oh my god he brings something that is entertaining huh. nothing else in the movie is even entertaining unless you're making fun of it a la mystery science theater <laughs> although i will say this is the only mystery science theater 3000 episode that was so bad that both the mad scientists paused in the middle to privately apologize <laughs> to Joel for making them watch the movie. <laughs> Never happened in any other one, but they both like when the other was out of the room was like, come on, I know this is hard. I'm sorry. But like, that never happened because it's that bad. It, I, I am. I didn't make that up. It literally, uh, uh, a fertilizer salesman got into an argument with a screenwriter about how easy it was to make a movie. And he made a bet and he made a movie and he stars in it too. And he's terrible and it's terrible. It's, it's dumb and, and poorly shot, poorly edited, clearly zero budget. Um, the first 10 minutes is just establishing shots of people driving down roads. It's insane. It's horrible. But the dude who plays Torgo is riveting. He's still he's also terrible, but he's he's got that presence you're talking about. Like I yeah. want to follow Torgo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. So that's the magic of of but I don't know. But Donald Pleasance made me think because I'm like, I love Donald Pleasance. And I'm like, but he's never been in a like not pretty bad movie. I mean, you could argue, I mean, I'm sure people could, the Halloween movies, but no, those movies aren't that good. I'm sorry, people. No, not even the first one. I get good. that they were important, and they yeah. burst barriers, and that's great, and I'm so glad it's out there. It's not that great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wonder about that stuff. We're over time. I gotta, yeah. I gotta come back from Minnesota, which means I gotta go to Minnesota. So, I'm gonna do that. Um, write in uh, i mean if you enjoyed this that's great listen more if you didn't enjoy this don't stop listening instead write us an email so we'll talk about what you want us to talk about and then maybe you'll enjoy it give us that at least um also uh go to blog and talk about uh actors that you really enjoy but you're not sure they're good or tell me how wrong i am about one of the various hot takes i had today i i had a lot of hot takes about a lot of things so Give it to me. Come on. Bring it. Bring it. I can take it. Um, now that I'm not parenting anyone anywhere. Speaking of which, my mental health. So my my mood is quite. I mean, a big problem with my mental health is my mood is incredibly temperamental and based on nothing. One day I feel like I'm on top of the world and another day I feel horribly horribly depressed and nothing has actually changed and this is a problem that i have these cycles and how unpredictable they are 
So given that, it's possible I just randomly am in the happy time. But since this realization from therapy, I've been really feeling good about things. So good. It has good. given me some interesting perspective, and I like that. Um, That's good. Anyway, uh, yeah, so write in or go to the blog and also listen again next week. And apparently watch uh, Monarch uh, starring Kurt Russell as Godzilla and Jeff Bridges. Yet another mystery solved by the hosts of the Magical Talking Hat. Do you have a question that begs to be answered? Then please write the hat at themagicaltalkinghat at gmail.com. That's themagicaltalkinghat at gmail.com. Also, visit the hat at themagicaltalkinghat.com. The music for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. <laughs>